Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. We are refreshed now after a wonderful wedding on Friday in the middle of Pennsylvania. Our managing editor, Curtis Hauck, and his new wife, Allie, tied the knot. Our Nick Fondacaro was in the wedding party. Uh, just to sum up, for all you 70s music people, let's just say we had joy, we had fun, we had hors d'oeuvres in the sun. Anyway, we're all gearing up. For what we would call first debate week, since Fox News will host uh, the first Republican presidential debate on Wednesday night with the anchors Brett Baer and Martha McCallan. What are we going to see? We let off Monday's news with the usual tones. Trump is in serious danger and has to report to Fulton County, Georgia to face his fourth indictment. And then, of course, President Biden will visit Maui and throw his overflowing empathy to the masses. I mean... <laughs> That's it's kind of the tone we're seeing. So uh, we have a new study. We are lucky to have one of the country's leading experts in media research back at the Media Research Center. Rich Noyes from his office in Connecticut as a new study of Republican campaign coverage from January 1 to July 31. That's a big pile of stuff. Uh, let's, uh, let's start at the top, Rich. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Tim. You... Um, we all remember this. I suppose I should just start. We all remember this time in 2015 where Trump, you know, we certainly felt Trump was dominating the coverage. And now we've come to learn, oh, that was nothing. <laughs> right. It, you know, we did this exact study for the exact same time period leading up to the first debate uh, eight years ago when it was the last time a Republican opened primary. And Trump was dominating the coverage uh, by himself. He'd only been in the race for about six weeks. He had 37% of the coverage. He'd exceeded Jeb Bush, who'd been seen as a front runner for most of the year. Uh, you know, there was over 300 minutes of coverage, but really by, by July, the end of July, 2015, it was down to one candidate that the media would cover uh, relentlessly. And guess what? It's now eight years later, they're covering the same candidate relentlessly and it's having the same effect. It is crowding out the other candidates. We're not having a campaign or a debate, uh, you really, you know, here's here's a statistic for this time. Uh, Trump, uh, out of 820 minutes of total coverage, received 664 of those minutes. That's five times more than Ron DeSantis, uh, who got 126 minutes. And Mike Pence is the only other one with significant coverage, 63 minutes. So Trump has 10 times that of Mike Pence. And a significant, I would, it's a little bit more than half or a little under half of Pence's coverage is about his relationship to Donald Trump on January 6th. So even when we talk about these other candidates getting coverage, a lot of it is their relationship to Trump, their reaction to these Trump uh, legal stories. You know, they're not really seen as candidates standing on their own two feet. And I think when you see when they actually get an interview uh, on television, I mean, Doug Burgum a little while ago was on with George Stephanopoulos. Um, these the Sunday shows are not in this. This is uh, just evening newscasts. Uh, usually, a lot, yes. a lot of it's your something that's it's something that is we can get the entire universe in. We are looking at the whole thing. It's not just selective. It is every story, every mention, every candidate from January first. If they had declared or not declared, this is the totality of their media coverage and the totality of their positive, negative. 
totality of the issues in in the Republican campaign circuit. So, you know, by doing a lot of people say no one watches those anymore. It's actually about a quarter of the uh, GOP voters say this is their primary source of news, uh, according to an earlier MRC poll that we did. And uh, it is a way to sort of get the tip of the iceberg to show what's going on proportionally across the media. The liberal media is covering Trump. They're not really covering these other Republicans, with the exception of DeSantis. And we'll get to that in a second, I guess. Yeah, I I, I think it's important. I mean, yes, if we took all the time to cover all the morning news over a seven-month period, it's going to show the same thing. It's just that, yes, when a Doug Burgum comes on or when Will Hurd comes on or whoever it is, the first question is Trump. Trump, do you have some comment on Trump? Uh, won't you denounce Trump? Won't you discuss Trump's legal issues? I mean, so the, it, it would be really frustrating to run here. But I, I, yeah, I just think that number, this to me is the most interesting number that you found, which was, yes, we all thought he was crowding the field with 37% of the coverage in 2015. And now it's 74% over the overall, other, uh, overall coverage. And that's, kind of amazing now anybody who's read all the studies that rich did on trump the other thing that we always find and we're certainly going to find it again is even with all this coverage it's massively negative uh once again 90 percent. i mean every time you would study this before it was 88 90 92 i mean it's remarkably consistent how negative it is that's right and this does not include republican other Republican campaigns criticizing him. It does not involve any of the Democrats criticizing him. This is this is essentially the media spin. Uh, I would say that if you know if the coverage of the coverage, let, let's also say, is mostly about these legal cases. Now people expect that to be a very negative story, uh, and it is. I mean that that is ninety four percent negative, and it is it is just a massive amount of his entire coverage. But you know if they have been covering it from the sense of skepticism of the prosecutors, if they've been covering this from a sense of, you know, the, the prosecutors are really Democrats with an agenda, uh, you know, that would not have been scored as negative at all. It's, it's the media embracing this as a nonpartisan, uh, official, uh, you know, unquestioned uh, approach to these, to these, uh, to these facts and, and the evidence and what it is. So, you know, in that sense, you know, it is, it is, it is a, it is a very anti-Trump uh, agenda in the sense that there's no questioning of the allegations or no questioning of the motives. And I think, you know, there's some, you know, I, you know, people have two, two minds of where Trump is on all of this. And that's what the whole, the whole primary is going to be about. But uh, the media are not of two minds on this. They're, this is where the 90% comes in. So, yes, as you put it, Trump's legal challenges totaled 565 minutes of evening news airtime or 85% of all of the former president's entire coverage so far this year. This again tracks with what we would find before, that the overwhelming amount of coverage was about scandals and stuff he said. Yeah, but a lot of those were superficial, silly things that just happened to eat up 40, 50, 60 minutes of airtime over three days. These are real legal cases. Uh, so it's, it's, it's almost like they were, you know, they were too frivolous before. Now they have something serious to cover. And no one takes them seriously because they've they've uh, they've spent uh, you know too much time selling, telling the same old story, whether it's about some offhand comment uh, in the Oval Office or some tweet. You know now you've got something serious happening, and uh, you know I don't think the media the media clamor to be taken seriously. They say what's wrong with people that they're not 
listening to what we're telling them? Well, because they've been telling the same story over and over again to no effect, and yet they haven't changed their uh, their approach at all. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely right to underline that these are serious charges that you can't really spin them as positive news. It, you know, Rich, I remember ABC Primetime Live after the 92 election I, in March of 93 did this big piece on how did we do? How did the media do? And they turned to Andrew Rosenthal, the New York Times, who had this snotty retort. What were you supposed to report? That Bush's convention was a masterpiece? You know, that the breaking the no news taxes pledge was genius? I mean, they, they always want to equate their opinionating with truth telling like and you couldn't possibly have done it any other way and this is why yes the republican base doesn't take these indictments seriously because they see the prosecutors as partisan i mean you and i remember how the the networks covered kenneth Starr. he was not covered as a nonpartisan person that's right i'm i'm working through that analysis now I will tell you, I've finished the Alvin Bragg uh, Democratic Manhattan DA uh, coverage through you know mid-August, and NBC has about half the time given him his proper Democrat label because he is. He, he ran as a Democrat. He's an elected person. He's as much of a partisan as a member of Congress or uh, a member of the Biden team. And yet ABC and CBS, and CBS, of course, is the Dan Rather network that <laughs> lived uh, calling Ken Starr a Republican, ABC and CBS uh, through August have not called uh, Bragg a Democrat this year, which I think is an omission given what we're talking about in terms of the uh, the seriousness of these cases. You got to know what the agenda is. If it was if it was important to know Ken Starr's presumed agenda 25 years ago against a Democratic pre president, it's important to know Alvin Bragg's presumed agenda against a Republican front running candidate in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think Ken Starr wasn't elected. He was appointed. He was Clinton. He was appointed by judges. He was not appointed by, uh, he was eventually appointed to other cases by Janet Reno. Right. His original appointment came from judges. It was not uh, coming out of the Clinton Justice Department at all. And that's why they thought he was partisan, because he wasn't a creature of Janet Reno and <laughs> the Democrats back then. Uh, and, and yeah, I just think this is so important. And I think that... Uh, it is an overwhelming problem across cable news, broadcast news, uh, uh, wire service, newspapers. Um, they always present that Trump is in trouble with a nonpartisan process. And yes, Alvin Bragg's not only an elected district attorney, he ran on going after Trump. Letitia James, who's the attorney general of New York, who's gone after Trump for fraud, ran in the Democratic race promising to get Trump. Now, uh, Fonnie Willis ran for DA as a Democrat in Atlanta. Uh, I don't explicitly see where she campaigned on getting Trump, but she was elected in 2020, and boy, she went right after Trump, you know, as soon as she was elected. The only outlier here is Jack Smith, who was appointed. Um, but by still... Right, by a Democrat attorney general. Right. Now, yes, you could judge him based on his past career or his or his performance, or you could judge him by Merrick Garland. But yes, he's, he, you know, he's at least as partisan as Ken Starr was, but he's not getting the Ken Starr treatment. Yeah, which I guess we would say, this is liberal bias. We can all, all say we, we, we count on this to happen, but that doesn't mean we have to like it. We don't have to think that it's just 
or fair or balanced in any way. So, yes, Trump received 664 minutes, Pence 126, Pence or uh, DeSantis 126, Pence 63, you know, Nikki Haley 17, Tim Scott 12. Everybody else is under 10, you know, and this is where it, it, it is like 2015 because you can go back and start thinking about we can play this game. Who is who ran in 2015? And you you get to five names and then you start forgetting uh, who actually ran and and. Part of that is, yeah, it was uh, maybe because you have that many candidates, you know, 15 or 16. But uh, but nobody remembers them now because I remember we got down to John Kasich and Ted Cruz and said, well, now the coverage will be more equivalent. It wasn't. They just kept obsessing over Trump. So I can't say we'll be uh, expecting them to change this pattern in the months ahead. I don't think so. I mean, you know, people people talk about, will Trump have the um, capability of being in, in a courtroom and on the campaign trail? Look, wherever Trump is, that's where the media cameras will be. You know, all the other candidates might be on the campaign trail, but if the political reporters have exhausted their allotted three or four minutes a night of campaign coverage by covering Trump in one or another hearing, that's all people are going to hear about. And they might get the courtesy 15-second uh, reaction of, uh, of what Nikki Haley thinks about it or what Tim Scott thinks about it, which is pretty much what they've been getting so far this year, is they get to react every now and then to what's going on. Uh, but yes, you get a little more of that of DeSantis. And with DeSantis, you also got coverage, about 40 minutes of it, with uh, something that really got under the media's skin this year. And that is these different, it's, a, it's an assortment of different laws and uh, administrative rulings coming out of his administration in Florida, but basically the anti-woke, uh, agenda. You know, there was rules on uh, uh, what te- what teachers could teach and, you know, what the school system would do. Essentially, it all boils down to, you know, the school system is not supposed to take a dominant role over parents. This is putting parents back on an even playing field. And, you know, this was something that got, you know, it was covered as if it was, if it was Trump uh, being indicted. That's the way they covered DeSantis uh, with these laws. It was, I think, 92% negative. Uh, yes. When you put them all together, you know, so going 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 against Disney was a lot like, um, uh, I don't know, the E. Jean Carroll case. Well, it, you know, uh, overall, you found DeSantis was had 78 percent negative coverage. But yes, 92 percent negative when it came to the wokeness issues. I think you said something really important there, and that is that the news media just assumes that the educated elites, they are the experts. They are actually the stand-in for the media here. They are the information providers, and the, somehow the parents become the misinformers or the, you know, the backwards resistance. Um, you know, they're not anti all the parents. They're only anti the parents that don't love what the liberal media loves. But uh, so... Uh, the remainder of DeSantis's coverage when you take out the wokeness was 58% negative to 42% uh, positive. Now, some of that sometimes has something to do with, I don't know, with the horse race or whether they, whether he's... No. no? I, I left that out. If you included horse race, yes, they, they, they constantly pointed out that Trump was the front runner leading the polls and DeSantis was you know, always struggling. You know, it, was, you know, it would have been worse for DeSantis if I'd included it. Um, but you know, what do you expect when DeSantis isn't really getting any coverage? I mean, it's, you know, it's, he's the only thing that gets coverage is something the liberal media disagrees with. And then they just pound away. And yes, ABC, I think didn't like the war on Disney. Uh, go figure. 
Yeah, well, and they're not, I don't think, did, in your experience, were they in the habit of explaining, he's all wrong on Disney. Oh, by the way, we are Disney. Uh I, they might have on the other shows, World News tonight. I'm not sure they had time, but I, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no time to explain our bias. Yeah, our I'm, I'm not going to say they never did it, but I don't remember it being a, uh, uh, you know, a stock phrase they pointed out every time. Yeah, it, and it, honestly, it's one of those things that uh, maybe most people know. I was telling them today, my wife was watching a, an episode of The Wonder Years. This is the new Black Wonder Years and uh, set in the 60s. And you just had to laugh when the plot was they drove across the country to go to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, that's not self-interested as a plot point. It's like, yeah, they're in Georgia or Alabama. And I said, oh, they went to Disney World. She said, no. My wife said, no, it's the 60s. They went to California. Uh, anyway, you know, these ABC's shameless like that. We were all thinking as Scott Whitlock used to write these headlines. Whores! Disney! <laughs> all right. There's the other issue, which is the coverage of Pence. Uh, you said less media hostility for Pence. Uh, but more than half of his coverage was uh, 27 minutes on January 6th and 14 minutes on classified documents found at Pence's home. Do we know, Rich, I'm going to put you on the spot, classified documents of Biden's, would you think they'd be equivalent to Pence's? Guessing? Uh, probably in January it would have been when the story broke and maybe into February, but really it, they've not been inquisitive uh, since then. They've, they've, there was a sentence or two uh, when Jack Smith brought his charges against Trump for his uh, documents, what the status was of, uh, of, uh, of Biden's. And that is basically still being investigated. You know, Pence, same time as Biden, already cleared. Biden, not cleared. Uh, but that's something where the media have not been trying to, like, you know, get a status report every couple of weeks about that. No. There's been no ongoing leaks about this or that no, uh, I, document having a problem. I made this point. We were on the MRC cruise, and I said to the folks on the cruise with us, who's heard of Robert Herr? Hands did not go up. Robert Hur, of course, is the special counsel on the Biden classified documents case. You might as well put his face on a milk carton because they are not paying attention to him. And maybe he's not doing a whole lot because he's Garland appointed. Well, maybe. I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is this is the this is the the giant unanswered question. We also don't know if, he, if he's taking his time. Uh, you know, I would say if there's going to be anything negative, if you're Biden, you'd want it out in 2023, not 2024. Or you want it out in 2025, not 2024. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but you know, there were there were suggestions that I think Biden himself made. Um, he gave a long interview to Judy Woodruff uh, after the State of the Union on a PBS NewsHour when this first broke, and he said a lot of those were his old Senate documents from 50 years ago. Well, as we learned talking about the Pence case and the Trump case, you know, you're not supposed to have those documents. As a senator, you know, you go and view them in a skiff, a secure facility, and then you leave it there. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's even if it's old and no longer a, a national secret, there's still the question of how did Biden ever end up with it in the first place? Uh, if that's if that's what he had, that's what he said he had. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, this is why I think it's it's taking a little longer to close that investigation than. Uh, but, you know, we don't hear about that, just like we don't hear a lot. of. I mean, this is where 
I'm so grateful for Jeff Dickens doing the work because I don't have to, going through all of the, uh, the non-coverage of the different uh, uh, Biden scandals that, uh, that ought to be getting, you know, at least a portion of this time. I will say with the Trump, you know, I don't want to keep going back to Trump, but it is certainly news when Donald Trump gets indicted. It is certainly news when Donald Trump gets arraigned. But we're talking about this on a Monday. The news today is that Donald Trump will be arraigned on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's Thursday's news. Right. We, we can wait and hear about it on Thursday. But to go, you know, 24 seven on this stuff, even when nothing's happening, just because they want to talk about it, I think that really shows you where the mindset is, because this is not this is the Republican primary that we're talking about. But this is also advanced advertising for the 2024 general. And if you hear, you know, sort of repeated 90 percent negative news at this high saturation level, it's going to have the same effect that we saw in 2020. And we almost saw and we I'm surprised we didn't see it actually in 2016. And that is they're they're agitating uh, independence and people who aren't thinking about this to have a negative view and to be ho- sort of hostile uh, going into the election. Um, you know, the, the the funniest thing, I mean, we, you know, I, uh, I posted something over the weekend while you guys were all enjoying yourselves at the wedding from David Brooks. Oh, yes. On uh, PBS talking about how Democrats are lucky to have Biden. You know, he's the candidate that managed to uh, beat Trump the first time. I don't think when the story is really told, Biden beat Trump. I think this is where the media uh, wounded Trump over four years of heavily negative coverage. And while I think it endeared uh, Trump to his base and voters who who, uh, uh, were sympathetic to his plight, I think it it turned off all the independents, exactly what the media wanted, independents, Democrats who might have been inclined on his economic policies, people like that. it It sort of shrank his available voters to the point where he couldn't win. And I think, you know, the question will be, are they doing, you know, are they doing that again? And is Biden also losing those same voters because of his inept policies? This is where it's, it's beyond media now I'm, I'm talking, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the accumulation of Trump's negativity, I mean, it's such a massive pile. Um, and, the, and yet the margin was so close is you just have to assume, yes, that he, they certainly meant it to be we're going to get all the independents to vote Democrat and we're going to get all the moderate Republicans to vote Democrat. And I think the news media thought if we have any power, Biden's going to win by 10 and he barely pulled it out. And I think part of that, I don't, I don't think a lot of voters voted for Trump because they don't like the media, but I think I always feel like this, you know, why did Trump get as many votes as he did? And I think part of it is, uh, Biden got as many votes as he did because the media convinced those people that Biden or that Trump was somehow a mass murderer on COVID. And the other side, there's a bunch of people that voted for Trump because they didn't like the lockdowns. They didn't like what it did to the economy, maybe their own individual businesses or just the restrictions on their liberties uh, that people turned out basically because, I don't know, it's an anti-Fauci vote or something. But uh, but. There is no doubt, as we've proven for many years, just overwhelming hostility for Trump. Now, you so but you said yes. Trump uh, Pence's documents case basically got fifty percent positive, fifty percent negative. Also, the January sixth stuff was pretty neutral. He was portrayed merely as a witness, any any Trump critic. Uh, but overall, Pence's spin was fifty-seven negative to forty-three percent positive. 
So you said none of the other candidates received enough evaluative coverage to even calculate percentages. I mean, it's it is so tiny what everybody else is getting. Oh, it, it, yes. I mean, when you only get 17 minutes of coverage and mostly you're a talking head commenting on the other candidates, you know, you're not a, you're not a subject. You're a you're a you're a you're a pundit. Uh, you know, the only people who were covered as subjects were Trump, DeSantis and a little bit Pence. Um, and the only reason I think Pence's coverage was so positive is because he was cleared. Uh, and that was an independent Justice Department uh statement that came out and was given the coverage that, you know, he's okay. And uh, that was in early June of, uh, of uh, 2023, right before the, uh, the Trump indictment on the same topic. Now, here's the other point that uh, kind of upsets me the most. Almost completely missing from TV's campaign news, any significant coverage of traditional policy issues, other than what you mentioned, the 40 minutes on wokeness, which we would say is the don't say gay and the critical race theory, the black education uh, controversies in which they're so overwhelmingly negative. But you have a chart here, and I think this just sort of, uh, it, it kind of, it's it's upsetting, is, you know, here are the top issues to the media. Trump classified documents, 208 minutes. Trump hush money, Alvin Bragg, 170. Trump January 6th case, 91 minutes. Trump E. Jean Carroll rape charge, 57 minutes. Other Trump legal cases, 39 minutes. The woke issues from DeSantis, 40. Pence roll on January 6th, 27 minutes. Pence classified documents, 14 minutes. The first issue, abortion, 11 minutes. I mean, and that's where you're just like, I would, I think a really good question we could ask a journalist, a Chuck Todd or some anybody who's responsible for coverage is are you showing disrespect to the voters by suggesting that any issue that they might be concerned about that's not an indictment? You're just not covering the news now. You're not covering this campaign. as You know, you remember Bill Clinton was like, they're all focused on scandals and I care about you and your concerns. They're not doing that. No, this is, this is and I expect more of the same. I mean, we've, you know, we've seen enough of August to know that it's going to be you know, more Trump legal drama, uh, as far as the eye can see, unless, you know, I mean, the, to cover the issues is another important point. I mean, we have what, about two minutes and 11 seconds on the debt and national spent and spending, That's net, spending and national debt. Uh, we have uh, six minutes on the war in Ukraine. We have uh, eight minutes on illegal immigration. If you were to give these issues more oxygen among Republicans, you're going to get more criticism of Joe Biden. You're going to get more criticism of the Biden administration's handling of all of these things. Uh I mean, you know, there's a reason why the debt was downgraded uh, during the Biden administration and not the Trump administration. Uh, You know, so, you know, these are the things that they can they they have an important story they can say they need to cover. And I think they do. I think they're over covering it. And I think they're certainly covering it to the exclusion of, of almost everything else you would want to cover in a healthy campaign. And they're having the same effect they had in 2015, except more so, which is they're not really giving rank and file voters a choice because they're not talking about the choices. They're talking about one guy, pass, fail. And, uh, you know, the more they pound on him, I think there is some there is something going on with Republican psychology where they, you know, they see Trump as put upon to the point where, you know, if, if the liberal media say, you know, red, we're going to say blue, you know, it's just, that's that, or I guess I got those colors backwards. Yeah. 
I get, uh, I get the point. The way they're going to do it. And, um, you know, it, so the, fixating on these, these important legal stories, it hurts the other candidates and it hurts the voters who want to hear about the other issues. And it helps keep this to be a campaign not about uh, the present or the future, but about the past. And DeSantis has tried to make this point, and they, they kind of don't see it as an anti-Trump talking point when it definitively is. And that is, he said explicitly, we're, the Republicans are not going to win if we're going to keep looking back at the 2020 election. We need to focus on the future. That is an anti-Trump talking point. Uh, might Maybe it's a little bit uh, legalistic or, you know, go, gilding the lily a bit, but it he is basically saying to Republicans, we're not going to win by focusing on these issues. And the news media is like, yeah, yeah, they're not going to win if we focus on these issues. Um, I think that's a really good point that you make, which is like, yeah, they don't want to cover issues when what the Republican soundbites are going to say is Biden's an extremist on abortion, Biden's a failure on the border, the war in Ukraine, gosh, you can actually have an opposing point of view on that. Uh, You can see why they wouldn't want to cover those. But (laughs) this is where you just want to say to them, is it really a mystery to you that people don't trust you when you provide the so-called news? Well, and this will be the question for the debate on Wednesday. You know, are we going to get a chance to really have that kind of issue debate, which I think would be, you know, if someone's going to burst from the scene and become uh, a household name, this would be, you know, the best way to do it is by latching onto an issue and uh, and getting people excited about it and seeing a path to the future. The worst way to do it is just to sort of have more of the same conversation that we've been having for uh, what six years, eight years, 10 years now, which is just finger pointing and name calling on um, on topics that, you know, I again, I say the Trump issues are important. I, I don't see that any way to cover the news without it, but they're not about the future. They're not about what the next president's agenda is going to be. It's not about where the two party platforms are. It's not about conservatism versus liberalism. It's, it's or progressivism, excuse me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's about uh, it's about one person's conduct or one group's conduct. And that's, you know, if 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 all the Trump um, drama went away overnight, there would still be uh, millions of conservatives who would want their government in Washington reformed and uh, they would still wouldn't get any kind of a voice in the national media. Yeah, I think that that really will be the way we are going to grade the Fox News moderators here. I mean, because we're not going in thinking, oh, it's like they're going into a Brian Williams debate. You, you know, you assume they'll be serious and they're not out to damage all the Republicans. But to some degree, I, I would expect that Fox News will actually bring some of the issues to this debate. And so, it, you know, if the first 20 or 30 minutes of this debate are all about please attack Trump, then they're going to they're gonna get a C or a D. I think, yeah, Republican voters want to talk about Republican issues. Uh, and that, yeah, I mean, they, they've talked about Trump. Everybody knows their positions about Trump. I mean, there's a little bit of back and forth that you could have. Chris Christie has said DeSantis is too squishy on Trump. You know, fine, they can have that debate, uh, but it shouldn't take it shouldn't take more than ten minutes, um, particularly since Trump won't be there to say you're talking about me. I get my two minute rebuttal. Yeah, um, which is the way you know Candace in the past have monopolized the uh, the discussion. All right, um, you know, and move on, move on to something that is is going to seem fresh to people. I mean, otherwise it's, you know, particularly if there's a second debate and a third debate and it just keeps tilling the same soil, eventually it's going to be over tilled. That's true. Let's wrap on this thought, Rich. Uh, 
we'll 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 play this game and maybe say what if it's not Donald Trump, uh, the front runner, somebody who's leading in the polls by anything from some people are saying forty. I'm not sure I buy that. Um, some of these state polls, he's maybe he's up twenty or twenty two. Um, if it was a candidate who wasn't Trump, would we all think it was realistic, like a smart strategy for him not to debate? Leading by 40 points, not Trump? Uh, we probably would. Uh, it, you know, I mean, you go back to 1984 when Reagan was ahead by 15 points and he still debated Mondale anyway because he cared about the institution of debates and wanted them to sort of keep going. He didn't want them to be these occasionally you have them and occasionally you don't. Uh, let's just make make them something that happened all the time. I think it's probably better to have them all the time. Um, I think the media that uh, moderates them is very important. You don't want to have it somebody who's sort of egging it on to be sort of a, a nonsense discussion, but let it let it be a real uh, shopping experience. But also, this is the first debate, and it sort of hints at the idea that this is still extremely early. All the people that follow politics that are you know have, have picked their candidate a long time ago. They're into this. You know, there's a lot of people who are just doing their job and they might know about this. They might not. Um, but they're, you know, let's take Iowa. These Iowa people, they're not going to really make up their minds until late December. So when when they finally click in and start paying attention, that's when you're going to see the big movement. And, I've, you know, we've seen it in the past. And so the media will follow the, this voter shift that starts happening in late December. And they keep wondering, you know, you know nothing's changed in the last month. Well, that's because nobody knew was paying attention and, and shopping around. You know, it may be that we never reached that point. These people are, have decided and, and this is the way it's going to be. It may be that the media has locked them in by only talking about it a certain way. But uh, but I would say you've got, you know, four months yet before you could you would expect to see any real movement if you're going to see any real movement. Um, and uh, and yeah, if, if, a, if a new candidate besides Trump appears, um, you know, out of these primaries, my guess is they would get a burst of good press for being, you know, the sort of the giant slayer of the Republican Party. And after about a day, maybe <laughs> half a day, they would go to being the uh, the new the, evil uh, on the right. Yeah. Well, I mean, John McCain was the media's favorite Republican for most of his entire career, except for the four months when he was the nominee against Barack Obama. And then they uh, they couldn't remember his name. Well, I remember that, you know, uh, you could say this as somebody who does media bias, and that is, uh, or at least after the 2008 race was over, because um, we weren't rooting for McCain to lose, but there was a piece of it where it was like, now do you understand why you you sucking up to the media was selfish and all about you? It wasn't about the Republican Party. The minute that you were the leader of the Republican Party, you were the evil person. Um, and But, of course, if you look at what McCain did after he lost, he went right back to being uh, moderate, bash the conservatives John McCain, and the media started to like him again. So he learned nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, Rich, we the, uh, the study is up at Newsbusters. It's got charts and graphs. There's lots of stuff out there for you to tweet. We think this is tells you what the Media Research Center does that nobody else does which is we've dug into this and looked at every evening news story over a seven month period you know this is the trend but we've nailed it down this is facts this is the way it is 
You can either love it, because I'm sure they'd love it over at ABC, NBC, and CBS. This is the way they prefer it. But if you're upset by it, you got to come, you got to read this study, and you got to come to Newsbusters. Once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.